What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Tap in the Show. Today's guest, man, he's a real fighter, man, real Bay Area native, uh, man, a real, a real homeboy. You know what I mean? We've been knowing each other for a while now. Uh, we, we share a love for basketball and just, you know, everything, everything positive, you know what I mean? So my boy, Troy Drupal. Thank you, man, for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. It's all good, bro. I appreciate you actually coming on, man. Like, I've been, like, when I... When me and uh, everybody else first thought about this uh, uh, show, like you were one of the people I, first, I thought about, you know what I mean? Because uh, I, like I said, we've been knowing each other since, you know, around 2012, you know what I mean? So I like, just know like your story and just getting to know you over time, bro. And I just know like you're a real fighter, you know what I mean? And like I always admired you, bro. I don't know if I ever told you, but you know, I always admired you from afar, bro. And just really like, yeah, uh, I can say that you've been one of the inspirations for me to like keep like, you know what I mean, going, bro. And yeah, it's like, yeah. like nothing is uh, impossible, you know what I mean? So I, like I said, I appreciate you coming on, man. Nah, man, of course, just having good people like you in my life, uh, it, it, that's what kind of fueled me to keep going, you know, having that support. Uh, it made me want to just, uh, you know, keep living life to the fullest. And, you know, you guys treated me no different than you would if, you know, I had two arms. So <laughs> I embraced that, man, that's and good, you guys bro. took me in as, you know, family. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, thank you, man. Yeah. What you're, everything you've been doing, man, it is amazing. And you know, it's definitely vice versa, man. I'm, I'm just as inspired by you like you are with me, bro. So, yeah, Appreciate keep it, doing what you're doing out here. Appreciate it, bro. Um, so, a little background about uh, how me and Troy know each other. We both went to Contra Costa. I was on the basketball team at the time, and we both have a real close friend, mutual friend. Uh, shout out to our boy, uh, Joe Scott. Um, Joe, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I guess one day, I, we had, me and Joe had a basketball game that day, and uh, you and him were like, we had shoot around, you and him were like kind of shooting around a little earlier. So, I came in and met up with Joe, and then, we, you know, we met each other, and I found out uh, uh, that you really had love for the game and everything, you feel me? So, I was like, bro, and then after that, you know, we just kicked it a lot after that, you know, through Joe yeah. and everything. So, yeah. really got to know you and, you know, uh, uh, everything you've been through throughout your life, man. You know what I mean? That's, you know what I mean, really learning about you, you know what I mean? really like it's like bro we can do this bro anybody can do anything bro so yeah bro so uh, I guess I just want to jump right in and ask you bro like where are you from what's your background you know what I mean like uh, uh tell us a little bit about you for sure man so yeah I uh from the Bay Area mm -hmm. I was born in Castro Valley um I grew up in San Leandro uh for you know my early years until I was about six and then I moved to Richmond uh, so I consider myself a Richmond native. Uh, mm -hmm. That's where I went to elementary school, middle mm -hmm. school, right, right. all the way up through high school. Um, yeah, live with my parents uh, majority of my life, uh, you know, only child. Um, but, you know, I've always had a passion for sports, man. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, keeps me going till this day. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I went to El Cerrito High School. Mm -hmm. um, Damn, yeah. I didn't know that, bro. I'm just like you just said that earlier. I didn't, I did not know you went to El Cerrito. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't because, uh, you know, I wasn't in school that often. Um, you know, I got diagnosed with cancer two weeks into my freshman mm -hmm. year. So when people say, "Dang, you went to El Cerrito," I never saw you there. And it's you know, I was always in and out of always in and out yeah. of school. You know, I would be in school for like a week straight. Mm -hmm. Then I'd be out of school for like a month straight, and then I'd be going back to school in right. and out. So, so I went there, but I did a lot of my schooling mainly. Um, you know, homeschool. Okay, okay. What was that like? Tough not being able to, like to be in school like full time like that, like how you wanted to, I guess. For sure, um, definitely. My freshman year was tough. Um, what's funny about it is, 
that's around the same time that MySpace had just came out. <laughs> so, you know, when that came out, everybody was like, oh, you got MySpace? You got MySpace? So, and I'm kind of looking at it, you know, and I'm used to just like too. the, you know, the aim or the emails and mm -hmm. stuff. So it was a way to kind of use social media to see your friends because everybody you could post pictures on there and stuff so even though i'm in the hospital you know majority of my time you know uh you know had my friends numbers and stuff but mm. yeah it was cool to just kind of have that platform to still be able yeah. to communicate and see what's going on out there you yeah, know that was so. the early age of this like whole content thing bro man bro <laughs> early social media ages bro the That's age we living in now man for real <laughs> did you uh so you hooped and everything like i know you still hoop now but you hooped and everything before uh, you got diagnosed right yeah so um I was kind of a late bloomer to basketball, actually. Oh. I grew up playing baseball and football. Those okay. were like my two main sports. And uh, I always tell people, I remember this day like it was yesterday. I watched uh, game six of the 2002 Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Kings. Oh, okay. Okay. Lakers, okay. Kings. So it was like, you know, that Shaq and Kobe, yeah. Rick Fox, Derek Fisher, Robert Ory squad. And uh -huh. then, um, you know, they went up against the, you know, powerhouse Sacramento Kings mm -hmm. uh, team. And some boys, um, yeah, it was, man, both teams were, were killing. Um, but it was something about that, that that's when I felt, I'll say I fell in love with the game of basketball, mm -hmm. knowing how, you know, football, it, it's, it's a, it's a great sport. I still love football, mm -hmm. but how basketball was just a fast pace, you know, like, right. boom, you go down, you cross somebody, hit a jump shot, right. boom, defense gets a rebound right. or, you know, it's takes it out, goes down it. Yeah. It's just back and forth from right. that. That just kind of drew me to the game. And so immediately I just started, you know, playing, you know, every day, you right. know, with friends at school. Um, how to jump on my first, you know, YMCA team at Hilltop, <laughs> Hilltop YMCA. Uh, and so, yeah, I've been playing, you know, ever since then. Yeah, for me too, bro, I think I developed a love for the game around, like, I was going to say, like, Bloomer, first time I really, like, like started paying attention to basketball, like, my cousin put a ball in my hand, like, really got me to start shooting and everything. But, you know, it was just something to do as a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But then, like, yeah, it's just like football, kickball, all that, you know what I mean? So we used to do it all. And it was just hella funny because then I seen, like, AI was on a cover of, like, I think it was, like, 2K3 or something, 2K4, mm, yeah, something, yeah. something like that, bro, back in the day. And then I started playing with him on the game. I was like, I'm serving fools, you know what I yeah. mean? So I started, like, paying attention to AI first. And then out from there, kind of, like, like Kobe, you know, like, everybody, just the, the whole dynamic of basketball. Like, I really learned basketball then. So, yeah, bro, I was just, like, thinking, like, bro, yeah, Hoop, hoop, hoop is a good thing, bro. Like, it kept me out of, like, so much trouble, you know what I mean? Like, I, I probably would have been, like, a little knucklehead around here just doing whatever it wasn't for basketball, bro. It really kept me, like, constructive, especially through my uh, middle school and high school years, bro. Like, it, it would probably been easy for me to get into some, like, mayhem, like, with how everybody else is around, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, like, how did, like, basketball develop, like, a, a positive outlook for you? You know what I mean? How did, like, that help you through, like, times of, like, like even, like, before, you know, everything? Like, how, how like, has basketball been, like, an outlet for you? So, immediately when I, you know, really started playing, um, you know, I felt like I was good. You know, I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, look at myself like, hey, this is just something I just do for fun. You know, mm -hmm. I really like the game. Like, and like most people, you know, I wanted to, you know, play pro, you know, yeah. as a kid, you know, when you start playing sports, you know, you want to go to the NBA, NFL, whatever it is. And um, so I always had that in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. And I remember even when I got cancer and, you know, they said, you're going to miss your whole freshman year. You're going to be doing chemotherapy for nine months. You're going to have a bone replacement. It still came in. It was still in the back of my mind. Like, I think I could still make the NBA. 
I think I could still make it. Hmm. And then even that next year, my sophomore year, after I had finished chemo and had my boner placement, um, which, which sucked about that, though, uh, was the fact that after my boner placement, I only had 45% mobility in my left arm. Mm -hmm. So I knew I couldn't shoot regularly. And, you know, even though that dream slowly started to fade away, I had to remind myself, just because I can't be in the NBA doesn't mean I still can't be around the game. Right. So my biggest thing was to try to, you know, be on the basketball <laughs> team at my high school, El Cerrito. Mm. And I knew I couldn't make the team because, obviously, I was always in and out of the hospital. Mm. And, you know, I, I just couldn't play, you know, mm. as well as I would have wanted to. Um, the head coach said, you know, you're a part of this team. Just, you know, like basically like say less, man. We need a team mm. manager. Right. You get to travel with us. We'll All give right. you a T-shirt, a uniform. And, yeah, you're one of us. What's the name? Coach Scott. Can't okay. remember his first name. Okay, because wasn't, that, that wasn't the same coach as El Cerrito when I was playing. So I just wanted to see it. Yeah, yeah this was 2000 and, uh, 2005, 2006. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, yes. I, I started high school in 06. Yeah, I graduated in 08. So, oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. So, yeah, uh, this was yeah a lot earlier. Okay. But, um, but, yeah, even though I couldn't, you know, play, you know, professionally mm. or anything like that, I said just being around the game is going to make me happy enough. Hmm. So, as long as I could, you know, do something to be around the team, I felt like that was enough for me. Right. And that's that's kind of just what kept me going. So, like, I mean, damn, man, like, I'll, tell me a little bit about, like, your, like, journey through through that. You know what I mean? From, like, even, like, leading up to, like, you getting the diagnosis. How did you feel? Like, like was it anything, like, you, like, felt was wrong or, you know what I mean? So, it's, uh yeah, pretty – pretty long story but um so I got a tetanus shot the day after my 14th birthday and immediately afterwards I started to feel pain in my left arm and I kind of blew it off as well as my mom because we were leaving for Hawaii like in a couple weeks and mm -hmm. I didn't want to you know Do go to the hospital that, and the trip be canceled yeah. I'm like I'm gonna I'm I'm push through it like mm -hmm. we'll be all right and um you know I got back we got back from the trip but I knew something was wrong. Like I knew afterwards I had to get it checked out because I was waking up in the middle of the night with pain that was just unbearable. And so, you know, I was still trying to push it out and, you know, thinking I can just get through it. I took a bunch of icy hot Tylenol, everything. And so, yeah, two weeks into my freshman year, it just became really um, like just hard not to go get it like checked out. It, mm -hmm. The pain was so severe to where right after school, I went, got an MRI at one hospital, went to another hospital, mm -hmm. got an x-ray, and then immediately they say we need to do biopsy surgery because we see something and it looks like it could be a mass. So I had biopsy surgery that same day, which was right after school, and um, you know, I found out I had cancer. And um, they told me I would have to do chemotherapy for nine months and have a boner placement. And so that was tough. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I definitely say would say I had a great support system throughout mm -hmm. that whole time. So it definitely made it a lot easier. Um, so fast forward through that. Um, now we're in my sophomore year where, you know, I go to my coach at, at the at high school and I'm like, you know, I just want to be a part of this team. And, you know, I can't play, but, you know, I would still love to be a part of it. So they mm -hmm. let me come and join, be the team manager. And, you know, everything was going great. Mm -hmm. And then fell down the stairs one night, uh, just felt really dizzy. And my left arm started to hurt, uh, like really bad to where I had no use of it. Um, my left arm started to swell up really bad. And so, you know, we go get it checked out. And they said the cancer had spread again to the same arm and that they would have to amputate uh, my left arm. And they set up the amputation, uh, I think it was like 
three weeks um, away from the time the day they told me mm. and um, so I was a little upset but at the time my left arm was getting so bad to where I couldn't even use it it was like dead weight that I was carrying around mm. so I was already getting used to doing things with one hand okay. so you know just having that knowing that at the end of the day it was going to be better for me mm. you know I can live life you know somewhat regularly huh. that that, that kind of gave me a sense of peace you know knowing that I'm not gonna have to carry around this you know wow bro like it's just crazy because that mindset is so hard to develop especially at a young age in high school and stuff like that bro it's like like that's like big ups to you for like even like having that like that that mindset shift and and just like and just getting through it bro like I, that's like man um, I ain't mean to cut you off, my bad. No, nah, no, nah, you're good, man. And I, I give huge credit to, um, you know, my uh, the coaches at El Cerrito at that time, the JV coach, um, uh, I called him Coach, uh, coach G. Uh, so shout out to <laughs> Coach G, man. He came to my house the day I got home from the hospital. He was, like, texting me while, like, after my amputation, you know, I'm doing physical therapy and stuff for, you know, a couple months. But the day I went home, I went home in the morning. Mm. He showed up to my house that evening and I was upstairs, you know, I think I was like, uh, like learning how to like change and stuff, like, mm. you know, getting out of my hospital clothes, putting on my regular clothes. And mm. uh, my mom comes in, comes in the room, the whole team signed a basketball for me. He wow. gave me a Jersey and sh knowing that I had that kind of like support out there, yeah, that community it, support. It, yeah, bro. It, it made me feel like I can't give up, man. I got too many people out there that support me. So, I got to keep fighting and I got to keep doing what I can to, to stay strong. And, um, that's what, that's a big part of what helped me keep going. Wow, bro. And I know like, um, I seen that a big part of your support was your mom, bro. And like, um, Man, I was yeah. raised by a single mom as well. And just like, just like that, I know you were an only child as well. And I just know like your mom, like she, like I'm, she, she's a fighter as well, bro. Like I just big up to her. I just know the struggles for single mom in general. You know what I mean? And then, you know what I mean? Then with this going on, it's just like, man i know she's a big like can you tell me a little bit about how your mom like got you through that yeah man i mean she uh you know from everything i mean and i always say if i could give her the world i would you know because she she deserves it man i mean she used to spend the night with me while i was getting my chemo treatments and this is back in 2004 2005 mind you and the hospital beds that they had back in the day for you know, the guests, it would be like a very stiff chair that would fold out into a bed. And oh, my yeah. mom would like sleep on that. And she developed back pain, like really bad to the point where she would cry because she can't, she's like, I can't stay here. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it was so bad on her back to where she would wait until I fell asleep and then she would go home and she would do her best to get up and get to the hospital before I woke up. Like mm. she basically sacrificed sleep because she wanted to be there for me mm. before I woke up and she wanted to make sure that I was there, right. that she was there before I went to sleep. Right. So she was, you know, she's everything from just doing what a mom would do, you know, not wanting to lose her only son. She right. did whatever she could. And so that's, you know, she's definitely my hero. Right. And so I, I look up to her, you know, so much. What are like resources and things like that, like education did you have to kind of go through, kind of like, you know, figure out um, about like, you know, what's going on with you and how to kind of remedy that? Like how, like, like what did you do? Like, how, like you know what I mean? Man, so, you, you know, my, my, my story, it, it dragged on, you know, even after my amputation, um, you know, five months after my amputation, um, 
you know, I found out that the cancer had came back again. It spread to my lungs. And, you know, I had, you know, the tumors removed. Um, I had a successful surgery. Um, and, you know, two months later, you know, after a regular checkup, I found out eight tumors had appeared, you know, back in my lungs. And You're going through chemo and all this at this time. No, so I finished up chemo. I was in um, remission right after my amputation. And just considering cancer had came back twice already, I was just getting a CT and bone scan every six months just mm -hmm. to make sure that my body was, you know, doing well and, and I was recovering. What is remission, if you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, complete remission is basically you don't have any active uh, cancer cells in your body. Okay. Um, basically, there's no threat to your organs that are going to, you know, prevent you from um, feeling any type of sickness that um, cancer does. Mm -hmm. um, like when I got cancer, it, it was a sharp pain in my left hand, but I've known people who couldn't eat and they were really sick throwing up and they didn't know why. And then they wow. went to go check yeah. and then they had leukemia or they had, you know, I know some, some guys who had prostate cancer, um, you know, or women, if you feel like a pain in your breast and it's like, it's not normal, mm -hmm. you go get it checked out. So, so it, it's very different from how you detect how you were diagnosed. Yeah. Um, it's really just depends on the person, the, what they were going through as far as like pain. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, when they told me the cancer had came back and spread to my lungs, I had no idea. I didn't feel any pain. I didn't feel wow. any weakness or anything. I had just, you know, finished up with my occupational and physical therapy, mm -hmm. learning how to live life with one hand, playing video games, you know, being trash, but I'm trying to get better, <laughs> trying to have yeah. my friends, don't take it easy on <laughs> me. Like that, that's what I was doing. Get back to normal some type it, of way. Exactly. Yeah. And so I felt like I was doing that. And then, you know, after a regular checkup, you know, that I was doing, I'm thinking everything's great. Um, yeah, I remember my mom, you know, letting me know that, you know, the cancer came back and I would have to go back in and you know, everything starts racing through your mind, you know, right. damn, like surgery again, you know, like now I'm going to be out of school again. Right. You know, I thought I was going to go back this year. And right. so it was a lot of back and forth. Um, and so the, the very last surgery I had was when they found the eight tumors um, in my lungs. And it was actually an unsuccessful surgery to where they tried to cut one of the tumors off that was attached to my trachea. And um, I almost bled to death during surgery. Um, the tumor started to bleed internally to where they had to burn it so I wouldn't, um, you know, basically die during surgery. And I remember waking up and, um, and I asked my mom, I said, how'd it go? And she was like, it went well. But I could tell in her tone mm -hmm. and in her body language it was not, it didn't go Mom's well. Mom's trying to hold it together. She, she, wow. That's what I'm saying, bro. She, she a real one. Yeah. She, she made sure that I was, she did her best to make sure that I was okay and right. that I knew that everything was good and that you stayed in those spirits that you were in you know what i mean yeah she, she knew i wanted to to just be normal again just mm -hmm. to live a healthier life and and not only that but i you know come to think of it you know you know, i completely forgot you know i mean this was not only just new to me like trying to get back to you know going back to school and you know doing all these things but you know even just being out in public you know like yeah. having one arm you know like you sometimes even happens till this day, you know, but you get people that stare at you. Mm -hmm. But back then, you know, I'm 15 at the time. I'm like, 
this isn't this isn't normal you yeah. know i'm not used to people right, just right. staring at me and you know not even asking what happened they're just staring right. at you so at least, would you at least want them to talk to you because like because <laughs> like you know what i mean like no for real because like, no, like yeah, you, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that go through this you know what i mean like in your opinion would you want somebody to come and say like not like you know what i mean not be hella abrasive but you know what i mean like like genuinely like start a, if you're gonna stare this hard you know what i mean like or like how would you rather somebody go by that i don't know this is off topic conversation no no absolutely um I embrace it, you know, I feel like now, I mean, back then, I can't really give my answer back then because I was still kind of dealing with what I was, you know, kind of going through. It, mm -hmm. I, I still, it was so new to me that I still felt like I had two arms, but I would have to look over and be like, oh, wow, it's really not there no more. And so that was the, the mindset that I was like trying to hold together. It's like, okay, like, mm -hmm. even though it still feels like it's there, it's not. So you have to get used to this. This mm -hmm. is your new life. This is your oh, new no. normal. Wow. Um, so what I want people to ask, um, what happened, you know, absolutely. I feel mm -hmm. like if I can inspire somebody mm -hmm. or if it can help somebody or educate somebody, mm -hmm. I'm all for it, man. I'm all about supporting people, helping people any way I can. Mm -hmm. Cause it always goes in the back of my mind of how many people went out of their way to help me. You know, how many of my family members were coming to the hospital and bringing me food or bringing mm -hmm. me gifts. And, you know, my coach who came to my house, you know, literally the day I have, I got home from my, my um, you know, from the hospital after my amputation and all that, you know, just thinking about all those people who went out of their way to help me. Mm -hmm. I, I want to give that same energy back. I wanted to go out of my way and right. help people. So even if, if we're sitting right here, or if somebody's sitting across and staring at me and, and it might, as awkward as it might be, if I have to walk over and be like, hi, I saw you were staring, you know, at my arm, you know, would you like to know what happened? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll do whatever I can right. to just, you know, kind of help people to, to, to not be afraid to step out of their comfort zone yeah. and, you know, kind of, you know, learn about, you know, something like that. Right. Even just not even just something like that, but everything, bro. It's just like people would be so afraid to step out of their comfort zone, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. for anything, you know what I mean? Like, it's even you, like, you you stepping in, like, out of your comfort zone to go stay high. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just that right there is, like, should be inspirational to the person, whoever you're talking to and everything. Like, yeah, bro, like, that's what's up, bro. Um, so fast forward to now, like, um, so after so you had you uh, you had to go back for the lung uh, and then you woke up your mom trying to hold it together. Then what was after that? What happened? So basically after surgery, mm. you know, I said how to go. I knew she was lying, mm. but she did what a mom would do, trying to make sure you know I was that, good. Right. Um, doctor comes in the very next day, or excuse me, it could have been the day after. It was one of the two days afterwards, um, and basically said, you know, in so many words that there's no cure for me. Um, they tried to remove the tumors. It was unsuccessful. The only option they have right now is chemotherapy. And I immediately said, I'm not doing chemo again. Like I'm good. Like I did that before. Wow. I know what it feels like. I'm not doing that. So 15, 16, you made this decision. I made, I made that. Decision. How did moms take it? She, again, you know, man, she just wanted to me to do what I wanted to do. Ain't going to basically make you happy, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. And you know, it's, she's like, you can do what you want to do. This is your body that you're going through this, not me. I'm not the one, you know, in the hospital. I'm not the one going to get surgery. So she supported me and the, the doctors, you know, they, they, they had to support me. I mean, they're like, yeah. you know, we have your back. If you want to, if you decide you get home and in that split second, you want to do chemotherapy, let us know. Were they hella like advising against it though? Like, like you should do chemo, like, that, that was definitely their they're highly recommended mm. they, they highly recommended it but 
they had to know where I was coming from. They had mm-hmm. to know what I've been through already and yeah. that that was just, I had enough, you know, yeah. I, I needed to, to kind of do what I wanted to do. And I always felt like if I go out, I want to go out in my own home. I don't want to die in a hospital. I'd rather die at home or doing something I love, you know, and on a basketball court, you know, I don't want to be someplace. I don't even like being yeah. if I'm going to go, right. you know, and so that's just the type of, you know, mindset I had, you know, I didn't want to, you know, let my mom see I was weak, just like she didn't want me to see she was weak. Mm. And I wanted to just, you know, keep those people in mind that were always there for me right. and understand that they're rooting for me. So I got to root for myself too right. and understand that I can do it. So then that's when like you did a lot of like research. And so what was your course of action? And you know what I mean? So what was your plan since you wasn't gonna do chemo? Like, I know you had to have some type of plan on what you're gonna do or like maybe not that particular moment, but like, what was your action plan after that? So, you know, um, it's kind of like the, the final round of like, um, you know, kind of like my, my journey with cancer. Um, so the goal was to just get a, a CT scan and bone scan instead of every six months now was, um, you know, every two months just to make sure because I had nine, eight tumors in my body and they're just making sure everything is good. And they said, if you ever feel you're weak or you're not yourself, come to us. We'll do whatever you want to do. We'll, you know, we'll put you through chemo. And so I did that for about a year. Um, a year later, they found another tumor in the back of my head after a routine scan. Um, and this time they were reaching out to a bunch of doctors all over the country, sending out my story of what was going on with me. Wow. A doctor in um, Detroit, Michigan said, hey, these tumors or this tumor in your head looks like it can um, um, take radiation. And I never did radiation before. Hmm. And so my doctor, you know, recommended it and I'm like, okay, I don't have to do surgery. Don't have to do chemo. You just sit there and a laser just, you know, kind of like hits your body, but you don't really feel anything. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is do that for two weeks. And so I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I did radiation and the whole time I did radiation, it was fine. I didn't really feel any different or feel any worse. Um, So December of 2007 is when, you know, I had my regular checkup and it was, a checkup I had with my doctor where, you know, me and my mom were in the you know hospital room and just kind of going over how everything's going with me, how I feel. And, uh, yeah, December 2007, I'll never forget, uh, you know, I was told that I would have six months to live. And, you know, I'm a kid at this time, so they didn't say it that way, but they mm-hmm. said it to where only adults could understand it. Right. And so, you know, it was, I remember it was weird um, because I just, I got, I got, I got really spoiled after that, man, to where it was like, (laughs) you know, school clothes shopping, you know, I'm used to like, you know, maybe like one pair of shoes and now I get like three, four pairs of shoes going back to school. Like I trying want to flex the Jays over there. Hey, I those, for real, bro. Those are top yeah. Chef. Yeah. I, I, I thought, I thought it was so weird, yeah. but, uh, but you know, again, you know, after that, it was kind of like, you know, what do you want to do? You, you know? And. I just said, I just want to live life. You know, I want to go back to school. I want El Cerrito had a game against De Anza, you know, that week or something. I'm trying to go to the game. And I'm trying to support my team, man. They support me, man. They signed a ball for me, you know. All this stuff is just going through my mind, how it's like, I want to go back to school. I want people to see I'm good. And so they supported me. And um, so this went on for years, bro. This went on for a little over 10 years, man, to where I was getting my scans every two months. And so, it was go- but they told you you had six months to live. They did. And, and then, so, okay. And okay. They, they basically said, okay, well, we're behind you. Uh, you can, 
you know, live your life. Um, but we do want to check on you. We do want to make sure you're good. So mm -hmm. I was getting scans every two months, you know, and then it went so well that they only wanted to do scans every three months. Wow. And this was going for years. And then they said, hey, let's go to every six months. And, you know, this went on for over 10 years, man. And, um, you know, I, I did make a, you know, a life decision um, uh, almost for a, year, uh, a little over four years ago now in uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so blessed to say that in de December 2018, I beat cancer. Bruh. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, man. That, hey. Hey, real fight, bro. That's a real, real fight. Did you do anything to, like, in between those times to kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, like, help your d personal self, like, fight cancer? You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of people like do like Dr. CB diets or like, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and stuff like that. And yeah. did you like do any type of research like that to kind of like, cause I know you remember told you you were a vegetarian. So did that like change? Like that's the kind of life decision you made or what, what was the life decision that you made? Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously around 2016, 2017, a lot of documentaries were coming out on Netflix and mm -hmm. YouTube. And of course, over the years, meeting a lot of people, they've always said, hey, I want you to meet this guy or check out this guy. You know, he beat diabetes. This guy beat heart disease. This guy beat cancer. You know, all these stories of people beating this, these diseases. And I'm like, well, damn, I'm trying to beat, I'm trying to beat cancer, man. Like, I've, I've been fighting for over 10 years, man. So, um, I do remember a point, though, where I did get overwhelmed. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of information. It's yeah. a lot to read. But I was I was dedicated. Um, I watched a ton of documentaries. I watched a ton of, uh, you know, movies. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of articles. And I understood that, you know, I had to understand everybody's built different. What works for you may not work for me. So I didn't want to just, you know, say, I followed this guy's diet. I did everything he did. And I still have cancer. Why didn't it work? You know, you're lying. You know, I couldn't look at it that way. I had to figure out what works best for me. Yeah. You know, so I looked at what would I be able to eat every day that's good for me, but also not going to make me feel like I hate this, hey, this lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, bro, like nothing to cut you off, but I was going to say, like, I'm trying to make like more healthier decisions for myself, like no, yeah. eating habits and like just make sure I work out consistently. And honestly, the eating part is like, the hardest, you know what I mean? You want to stick to a certain diet, but that's hard, bro. So for you to kind of like do that, like just whole 360, like, like, was it like gradually or was it like just overnight? Uh, it, it did happen overnight, bro. I'm not going to lie. I, I did a lot of research though. I kind of figured like, okay, well, you know, breakfast, you know, it's, it's always like smoothies or just like, you know, like an omelet, like an egg omelet or something. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well I'm already kind of vegetarian cause that's what my breakfast is, yeah, you know? Right. Um, and then I'm just like, okay, well, what do I like? I love burgers, okay? Mm. But there's a lot of veggie burgers options, you know? Mm. Um, so it was just kind of finding the foods that you like and then subbing it with like a veggie option. Okay. And that's, you know, that's that's definitely what helped. Um, and- So you didn't have to like eat like like the like root of a sweet potato and nothing like that, like really get, let me get raw and yeah, like, oh yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like a super, beef, like by itself with no, like without cooking it. You know? No, yeah, <laughs> you man. And that's, that. I had this, I had that mindset, man, where I'm like, dang, I'm not gonna eat this, but what am I gonna eat, yeah. you know? And so that's, that's where those documentaries really came into play where I'm like, okay, obviously there's a lot you can eat, you know, a yeah. lot of it's just, you know, you just got to go different places you know there's more options at trader joe's than there is at safeway you know but you know um 
it's it's kind of just like a lifestyle that you know i had to learn like there's people that have been vegetarian or vegan their whole life and they mm. they seem to be doing just fine you know mm. and you know but i also you know i had to remind myself well everybody's built differently so yeah. you know and obviously as you get older you notice things change you know and i remember like i said like when we met in like 2012 you know all those adult leagues we used to hoop in man yeah. and i'm like Man, like, I gotta, I gotta work out more, man. I know we always. Leagues, I've been in hooping. I've been seeing you. There. I was like, bro, really be hooping? You be hooping more than me. <laughs> man, and I credit, man. Again, I'm gonna credit JoJo again, man, because bro, Joe stay in that gym, bro. bro. Stay in the gym, bro. Joe used to always bring me to the gym like every day. And then I remember, like, there's been a handful of times where he'd be like, "Hey, Troy, I'm in an adult league, bro. We need one." And I'm like, "Damn, am I even ready?" But I laced up my kicks, man. I went out there, man, and. You know, and that kind of pushed me, knowing that I could actually, you know, kind of run and hang with these guys, and then that these guys embraced me, passing me the ball, giving mm -hmm. me a chance to shoot. I mean, it kind of brought more confidence in myself yeah. to where I'm like, okay, I'm really doing it. And then, you know, I slightly noticed, you know, after I, you know, watched those documentaries and decided to go vegetarian, um, I saw a little impact it had on my health, you know, pretty, I was pretty quickly. That. I was um, actually that did that diet even not just like the aspect of fighting cancer, but did it make you just in general feel different? Like, you know what I mean? More energy and stuff like that? Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing I noticed quickly was, yeah, my energy levels picked mm -hmm. up a little bit. Um, you know, uh, my joints stopped hurting. My joints were hurting a lot, but a lot of it does play because of the cancer. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my, my knees uh, especially. Um, and then like my breathing was always tough because you know i had eight tumors you know leaning mm -hmm. on my lungs so it was kind of like you know i didn't feel like i was having the the energy and stamina that i would have had if i never had cancer mm -hmm. so i'm like okay let me see what i can do to try to change you know and i told my i remember telling myself like hey if vegetarian doesn't work out or if you don't notice a difference try something else mm -hmm. but i remember just saying you know what i'm just take it one day at a time and see how it goes mm -hmm. and you know, the first day it worked, and then so I'm like, all right, go for a second day, day. Yeah. and you know, here I am now, and you know, it's, I feel like if you find something that works, why go away from right, it? Yeah, you know, like, it, this this helped you beat cancer, and so I kind of, I just kind of embraced it and understood that you know, everybody's you know, has something that worked for them. Mm -hmm. You know, all those people that I watched and listened to who beat cancer or beat diabetes or heart mm -hmm. disease um, by eating a certain way. Mm -hmm. You know, I really embrace them for doing that because it, it's it's not it's not easy. It's pretty hard, but mm. but you know that's what you know worked for them, and you know I found something that worked for me, and um, so yeah, I think that's what the 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 mindset was going into mm. um, that that change is understanding that you know just find what works for you, and mm. you know that's what's going to keep you going. Cool, bro. Yeah, and then so now like fast forwarding to today, like you're coaching, you're working with the Warriors, man, you. Like you, you had Modelo, you know, tell your story and just really be embraced by the city. You know what I mean? By, you know, the game that you love. You know what I mean? Tell us a little bit about that, bro. Like how like, has that been? Because the way I look at it, like a lot of people, like they face setbacks after they, you know, like doing something positive and then they, you know what I mean? Like starting a business or something. But like, to me, it seemed like you, you embrace success, you know, after your setback, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. which was a real ass setback. So, and it's like, it just kind of happened the vice versa for you and you but you like took a day at a time and kind of like you know what i mean turned into a success story bro so like i want to talk about that bro like you know what i mean like i just love to see what you're doing you're working with kids and, like coaching like I, I like bro tell me a lot about that I, I got you bro um it's been amazing bro like i said basketball 
it was my mindset, you know, from when I was diagnosed. If I can't go to the NBA, I still want to be around the game any way I can, whether I'm a manager for high school, whether bro. I'm a coach, a mentor, whatever. I didn't think like that, bro. Like, yeah. I didn't even, like, playing, like, at CC for a little bit and then not, you know, getting no scholarly after, you know what I mean, even though I had the talent too, but, you know what I mean? And bro, you're a hooper, hooper. Bro, bro. I'm a yeah, hooper, hooper. Pat yourself on the yeah, back, yeah. bro. You got to give yourself some <laughs> credit it, too, brother. bro. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it, man. But, yeah, bro, like, like I didn't think about, like, me being around because I love basketball, bro. Like, yeah. like I shed a tears, bro, like, after I knew, like, I could, I had to stop, you know what I mean? Like, but I never thought about, like, damn, bro, I could be a manager, I could be an agent, you know what I mean? I can be around the game some way, somehow, mm -hmm. and not seeing that until, like, like, years later, you know what I mean? Like, damn, bro, like, so it was, like, just good that you see that you learned that from, like, early age, bro, because a lot of hoopers don't think like that, bro. Yeah, man, I mean, I got embraced with so many opportunities. Uh, you know, I'll go back to when my doctor told me about an amputee basketball clinic that was happening at UCSF. Um, in San Francisco and so I went with my girlfriend and uh, she worked for the Warriors so um, she knew a lot of the campers that were there um, the coaches for the Warriors and then you know Davion you know worked for the Warriors mm -hmm. he was up there shout so I said yeah shout out Davion man uh, Chris Head he was there mm -hmm. uh, shout out him and so yeah my, my lady introduced me to, to the manager and you know they they were kind of intrigued you know by me wanting to be a part of that uh, of the Warriors camp staff mm -hmm. and there was also a stand-up amputee basketball team that was there, which is the mm -hmm. only one in the country. And so it's basically a nonprofit organization of amputees um, mm -hmm. who basically, you know, they play basketball standing up. There's only mm -hmm. wheelchair professional basketball leagues, so there's mm -hmm. not ones for amputees who can oh. stand up and play. Wow, huh. Yeah, so I met those guys there. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting to kind of see how they were hoopers, you know, and they can mm -hmm. play and they had fun. and they embraced me and invited me to their basketball tournament that happened later that summer. And I got to be on their team as mm. well, which I'm still a part of till this day. So that was a good day. It was kind of like a two for one. You know, I got yeah. to be a Warriors, you know, basketball staff. You know, I got to be on this traveling amputee basketball team. Um, and Where's then I travel to, not to cut you off. Where you got travel to? So our home base is out of Arizona. Okay. And you know, we basically do stand up amputee basketball games against uh, communities that we go and visit. So mm -hmm. we've been to, They've been to Colorado, Texas. Um, in 2019, we went to the Nike three-on-three -three competition in oh, L.A. Wow. Huh. And, yeah, we, um, you know, played, you know, able bodies, um, mm -hmm. you know, almost almost made it to the championship. Mm -hmm. uh, we did really well. But um, so just being a part of, you know, programs um, or organizations like that to yeah. where, you know, we play ball and, you know, we inspire people is great. Um, yeah, I met, uh, you know, Jalen Brown from the Boston Celtics yeah, uh, yeah. at Cal Berkeley. Mm -hmm. um, again, like one of my doctors had said, hey, there's the head coach of Cal actually had cancer um, oh, a couple wow. years ago. Mm -hmm. And he actually recently took a coaching job at the University of Missouri. Mm -hmm. but, oh, um, yeah, so I got to go to Cal and I got to meet a lot of the players there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, me and uh, Jalen, man, we just we just hit it off, man. We just started yeah. talking casually. And uh, yeah, we just, you know, been cool ever since. Mm -hmm. And um you know, coaching, you know, for the Warriors has been amazing, you know, traveling to all these different schools and coaching kids. And, um, yeah, last year I was uh, honored to receive that the Warriors uh, nominated me as Junior NBA Coach of the Year. Oh, damn, bro. Congrats, and, bro. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, like you said, man, I mean, I met you through basketball. Mm -hmm. I, I got to embrace a lot of great people, man. And um, now, you know, I'm coaching AAU in uh, Walnut Creek for uh, MVP Flight. Mm -hmm. And and that's been amazing to. to What's the meet. age group? Uh, so right now I'm coaching 
10U through 13U. Okay, cool. So yeah, a bunch of different groups right now. We mm -hmm. haven't really set, set a team together yet. Just, mm -hmm. you know, with COVID, that kind of took a toll on, you know, right. basketball and, you know, the whole world, you know, we'll just, you know, just say it how it is, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, coaching basketball has been such a blessing, man. Um, I've actually been able to also, you know, train some kids, you know, personal train some kids mm -hmm. on the side, you know, trying to help them develop their game and, right. um, you know, get them ready for that next level, you know, whether they're going to fifth grade, going to high school, um, you know, just trying to help out, you know, as many right. people as I can. And I, you met a lot of dope people, bro. Like I seen that you, uh, LeBron wrote you a, a letter. LeBron and, James, yeah, 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 shout out Bron. <laughs> one day, one day, <laughs> right? <laughs> one day. Um, but yeah, like uh, uh, John Sally and yeah. like uh, all just great warriors of people organization, bro. So, hey, bro. So, so after after you, so now you're coaching kids. Like, are you? Uh, what, what's the next step for you, man? What you? What, what, what do you want to do on, on on? What's next in your journey? Man, so the biggest goal, man, is you know I want to make this you know something that I do. I want to start a nonprofit organization um, called the Troy Drupal Family Foundation. Hmm. Um, I want to work with communities. I want to work with the hospitals. Have to work with Children's Hospital, UCSF. I want to give back to kids. I want to start training more often. Hmm. Um, I just want to give back to the community. I want to help as many people as I can. Uh, I've been taking some classes um, through Toastmasters, which hmm. is basically working on your grammar and that's something that's definitely helped me wanting to become you know a professional motivational mm -hmm. speaker someone that can travel mm -hmm. to conventions wow. and share my story just try to inspire even if it's one person you right. know that's enough for me um and i actually you know recently decided to do this but i decided to train for the 2024 paralympics uh, hey. track and field in the 100 and 200 meter okay okay um, okay i have Is a really good friend uh uh, Jorge, man, who uh, is from the Bay Area. He plays professional in Italy. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so he's training for the Tokyo Olympics this summer in wheelchair basketball. Wow. Um, yeah, he lost his leg to cancer. We actually have a very similar story. He had the same cancer as me, uh, but his happened in his leg. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, he plays wheelchair basketball, and, you know, he's an inspiration to me, and that mm -hmm. kind of inspired me to, to you know, want to represent USA in some, some form and fashion. Wow, so I'm wow. like, you know, I mean, I just started running, like taking that more serious. Obviously, during COVID, gyms mm -hmm. were shut down. And hey, they always really tracks and stuff. <laughs> like <that. laughs> right, right. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm training for that right now. I have Ooh. three years. So I got, I got to, you know, act like the, you know, Olympics is tomorrow. You right. know, so I got to train so every day, man, really just in hard. case. So you got a trainer and everything that's like, that work with you every day and stuff like that? Yeah, so uh, I just started uh, connecting with the USA track and field coach down oh, wow. in Chula Vista uh, okay. near San Diego. And he's been giving me tips, you know, ways yeah. to train, way to, you know, things to do. Um, and it's funny, man. I might do it, I might not, but he's been telling me I should try to train for Tokyo this summer because qualifications wow. aren't until June, June 17th. Wow. Of this year, but you should, bro. Like, I told him, some good I, experience, I was like, bro, though. I don't know if I'm ready, dog. That's like three months away, you know. Like but. when Joe hit you, though, you didn't think you was ready to go hoop, but you got there. Yeah, that's true. Up, good point. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> now you put me on the spot, bro. Yeah, bro <laughs> I got you, bro. You got you, man. We were talking about positive mindsets, bro. Like you got to go in with it, bro. Like yeah, that's, and that's a good, yeah. worst case, look, worst case, it'd be great experience for 2024. Man, that's facts, bro. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. That's, like, just, you know, you got to think, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Practice uh, what you preach, man. I got to <laughs> believe myself sometimes. Yeah, man. bro. Yeah. It's so, it, it, it's crazy that it happened with me, too. I could be out here motivate people until my damn eyes fall out my head. You know what I mean? But, like, it, I don't, I need to motivate myself as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, yeah. like, I just, like, I like to preach that. You know what I mean? Because everybody don't realize that what you're given, you need to get a little bit of that as well. You feel me? So, you know no, what I mean, Absolutely, bro. bro. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, so, so yeah, so I, bro, there's no doubt my mind must see you at one of these Olympics. You feel me? Like I know you're gonna be at either uh, 2024 or you're gonna be in Tokyo. So, hey man, y'all heard it here first, man. My man's gonna be on the Olympics. You know what I mean? Doing his thing. So, hey bro, it was a pleasure. It was an honor, bro, that you came on and told your story, bro, and your inspiration to me. I know you'll be inspiration to our audience that's gonna hear this, bro. Tell us, I know where I can find you. They know where they can find you. Tell the people who don't know where they can find you. You know what I mean? IG, any social media, like. Yeah, so uh, Instagram is uh, first initial of my name, Troy, mm. and then my last name is Drupal. So mm. it's T Drupal, D R U P P A L, mm. all one word. Um, yeah, I have a TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to get on the TikTok hype. <laughs> I'm kind of weak, but I'll be trying. I'll be hey, trying. Man, you got to um, do it nowadays, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I've been, you know, posting a lot on my Instagram lately. You know, a lot of my workouts, you know, at the track, just trying to mm. trying to get better and trying to, um, yeah, inspire as many people as I can. Right. Um, for Valentine's Day, my girlfriend uh, started making me my own website. So, mm. you know, I'm looking to get my 501c3 going mm. so I can get that, um, you know, up and running and, mm. you know, so I can kind of fulfill my dream, you know, have my own, you know, brand and, you know, try to help as many people as I can. So be on the lookout for my, yeah, my personal website. Cool, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. No doubt in my mind, you're going to make it happen, bro. So it's a pleasure talking to you, bro. And now we can go tap in with Chef, see what he got cooking up at the bar. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Whatever you need, man. Let's go do it. Let's do it.